Grammar Girl here. I'm Mignon Fogarty. This week, we have idioms about rain and a meaty middle about the difference between the words because, due to, since, and as. Let's talk about rain. The past few weeks, we've been hearing about the epic rains that have hit Texas and Louisiana. It's been devastating. More than 27 trillion gallons of rain were dumped on the region in just six days. Well, at the same time, on the other side of the world, people were dying from floods in India, Nepal, and Bangladesh. And now we're watching Hurricane Irma wreak havoc. Although it's a small matter compared to the actual flooding, hearing all the news got us thinking about the role that rain plays in our language. For example, we talk about scheduling events rain or shine, meaning we'll hold them no matter what the weather. On the other hand, we talk about events being rained out, canceled because of weather. We have rain boots, more poetically known as galoshes, gum boots, or wellingtons. And we have raincoats, also called slickers and sou'westers. We also use several idioms related to rain. Here are a few that you'll recognize. First, there's the expression to save for a rainy day. This phrase means to save money while you can, as protection against some future time when you can't. The rainy day in this expression refers to a time of trouble or scarcity. This phrase can be traced all the way back to 1580, when it was used in a comic play called The Bugabears, in the line, Would he have me keep nothing against a rainy day? Rain also takes a negative cast in the expression, To rain on someone's parade. This phrase means to spoil someone's plans. Imagine you were planning on spending the weekend at the beach, but your boss tells you at the last minute that you have to work on Saturday. You could say that he rained on your parade. This expression evokes the image of a celebration, like a parade or a picnic, being ruined by an unexpected downpour. This phrase is relatively new to our language. You may have heard it first in the 1964 musical Funny Girl. Barbara Streisand sang Don't Rain on My Parade on the stage and in the film adaptation. Next, there's the less obvious phrase, to give someone a rain check. You'd use this expression if someone invites you to an event that you can't attend, but you'd like to reschedule. For example, if a friend invited you to the movies on a night you had to study, you could say this. I can't go on Thursday, but can I give you a rain check for next week? This term comes from baseball. In the 1880s, when a ball game was rained out, patrons got a rain check that gave them free admission to a future game. In the early 1900s, this term was extended to other types of events and then to sales. For example, if you tried to buy an item that was advertised as being on sale, but the store was out of stock, the storekeeper could give you a rain check. It would let you buy the item later for the sale price. Next, we have rainmaker, a term that finally puts rain in a completely positive light. A rainmaker is someone who secures income for a business or organization. It might be a partner who brings in prestigious clients a salesperson who closes lucrative deals, or a volunteer who raises millions of dollars for a charity. The term rainmaker originally referred to someone who could literally cause rain, either through spiritual or supernatural means. 
When your life depends on growing food, and growing food depends on rain, a rainmaker would be someone who brought value beyond any amount of money. The literal use of this term can be traced back to 1775. The figurative use, to bring in money, began more than 100 years later, in 1897. Finally, there's a mystery idiom, the phrase, it's raining cats and dogs. We know this means that there's a real downpour, but where do the cats and dogs come in? One explanation lies in mythologies that associate cats with rain and dogs with wind. Think of witches and cats riding broomsticks on a stormy night, for example, or dogs and wolves standing guard beside Odin, the storm god. Another explanation is more practical. In days less sanitary than today, overpowering rainstorms might have dislodged all kinds of debris from gutters, including dead dogs or cats. Whether either of these allusions is correct remains a mystery. All we know is that the term's first recorded use was in 1652, in a play called The City Wit. In that instance, it was said to rain dogs and polecats and so forth. I hope you enjoyed hearing about all these rain-related terms. We send a big shout-out to all our listeners in the American South, the Caribbean, and South Asia. We hope you're safe and dry. That segment was written by Samantha Enslin, who runs Dragonfly Editorial. You can find her at dragonflyeditorial.com or on Twitter as dragonflyedit. And now, let's talk about some tricky words. Today, we're looking at various ways to say because, including due to, since, and as. First, let's disparage all the wordy ways to express the meaning because. There are quite a few. Due to the fact that, owing to the fact that, on account of, and on the grounds that, for example. If you use because instead of those beasts, you can save up to four words. You should also avoid the reason is because. For example, a redundant but romantic windbag might say, The reason I love you is because of your kindness. Why not be concise and romantic instead? Just say, I love you because you're kind. Some people might prefer the reason is that, but that's also wordy. Now let's discuss due to and because. As happens so often these days, there's a traditional way and a rebel way. The traditional view is that you should use due to only as an adjective, usually following the verb to be. For example, if you say, the cancellation was due to rain, the words due to modify cancellation. That sentence is a bit stilted, but it fits the traditional rule. If you wanted to be more casual, you could say, it was canceled because of rain. According to purists, you're not allowed to say, it was canceled due to rain, because due to doesn't have anything to modify. It's acting like a preposition in that sentence, and purists argue that due to is an adjective. It shouldn't be a compound preposition. But most of us aren't thinking about adjectives and compound prepositions when we speak, so it may be difficult to know when you're using due to as an adjective. The Chicago Manual of Style suggests using due to when you can replace it with attributable to, but not when you could use because of. 
Further, Patricia O'Connor, in her book, Woe is I, proposes replacing due to with caused by, or resulting from. And she explains that if a sentence begins with due to, as in, due to inclement weather, school was canceled, the sentence is probably wrong. So if you find yourself agreeing with traditionalists, or if your writing will be judged by one, use due to if you can substitute attributable to, caused by, or resulting from, and don't use it at the beginning of a sentence. Now let's be rebellious. Fowler's modern English usage points out that the objection to do to as a compound preposition is, quote, an entirely 20th century phenomenon, but it begins to look as if this use of do to will form part of the natural language of the 21st century, unquote. The American Heritage Guide to Contemporary Usage and Style agrees, stating that, quote, the tide has turned toward accepting do to as a full-fledged preposition, unquote. And Gardner's Modern English Usage describes such use as virtually universal. After reviewing the evidence, we say if you're a purist, avoid due to as a compound preposition. But understand that you're in the minority. And whichever way you feel about due to, remember that our easy-to-use friend because is often standing at attention, thinking, you could use me. Ooh, pick me, pick me. (laughs) But... You don't have to ban due to completely. This phrase can mean payable to or supposed to. For example, you could say, I ask that you pay what is due to me. Here, you're asking for money that someone owes you. You could also say, the plane is due to arrive at noon, meaning the plane should arrive at 12. Moving on, strict grammarians may not like it, but since and because can be synonyms. Since I love you, let's get married, means the same thing as because I love you, let's get married. And yes, you can use because at the beginning of a sentence. We covered that in a different podcast. Fussy grammarians may be a teensy bit right in some cases, though. The word since often refers to how much time has passed, as in since yesterday, all I've thought about is you. Sometimes a sentence with since can be interpreted in two ways, and that's when you should avoid using since to mean because. Take this ambiguous sentence. Since they spoke, she's had second thoughts. Since could mean from the time that they spoke, or because they spoke. A similar problem arises with the word as, which can also mean because. So keep those little grammarians perched on your shoulder to make sure you don't write an ambiguous sentence. Granted, it's hard to know when you're being unintentionally ambiguous. Spend some time away from your writing and then look at it again with fresh eyes. Or you could always rope in a friend. To sum up, English offers many ways to express because. Some are wordy and should be avoided due to the fact that they're wordy. Others, like since and as, need to be used carefully, since you could confuse your readers. That segment was written by Bonnie Mills, author of The Curious Case of the Misplaced Modifier, who blogs at sentencesleuth.blogspot.com. We also have extra example sentences on the website for this episode, which might be helpful if you're confused or if you're a teacher writing a lecture or quiz. You can find them by going to quickanddirtytips.com, searching for because, due to, and going to the end of the article. This week, Sherry let me know that she listens in the dense woods of northern Michigan in the summer, 
and in the endless summer that is Lakeside, Florida, the rest of the year. And Redemption 787 listens while driving around Osaka Station in Japan. Thanks for checking in. I'm Mignon Fogarty, better known as Grammar Girl, and I'm super excited to be able to tell you that I have a page-a-day calendar that just came out. People have been asking me to make a calendar for years, and it finally happened. It's called The Grammar Daily, and it's available at all the major online bookstores right now, and I believe it'll be in physical bookstores soon. That's The Grammar Daily 2018 Calendar. That's all. Thanks for listening.